Hello, hello. Welcome to Kill the Bottle Podcast. I am Eddie Zamora, and across from me is the lovely Megan Elizabeth. Hi. Yeah. yeah. Hi. 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 I'm oh my here. god, I'm like Totai. It was so I was waiting for you to acknowledge that uh I actually gave you the full the full name this time because I always stop and then say I can't pronounce your last name and I've just given up completely, hence I'm going full on with your advice with the Megan Elizabeth. So yeah, thank you for that. that. Again, if I have to get back into teaching at some point, I don't want them to find me. <laughs> we um are here. <laughs> we're we're here and uh I- I, I always get a little sad today, uh, not because – so yesterday was my dad's birthday, but I, I don't get sad because of that. I just know that the day after my dad's birthday is the day that Prince died. Oh, you get sad for that. I You know, it's funny. I never I, I never got sad when a famous person died, to be honest with you. I never really. As a kid, it, I, I didn't – you know, of course you're like, oh, whatever. It had an impact. Yeah, that's great. But when Prince died, that one that – one, I don't know. I felt like I aged. I felt like uh, uh, I almost could feel like my mortality because it's like if Prince can die, anybody else can die, if that makes sense. There's something immortal about him. And I mean, I have a huge history as a a kid just listening to his music and going with my uh, older brother to pick up every single Prince record, listening to it cover to cover and then reading all the lyrics and, you know, being a kid, not understanding how sexual they were until I was an adult. (laughs) And now he was a pimp. Once a pimp, always a pimp. So bravo, Prince. Anyway. How are you, Megan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, that restaurant I went to, the wine dinner restaurant, is having another wine dinner next week, so I'm going to go. So you're wine dinnering it out. I am. Well, I, it's been like a year since I've been able to do something like that. So. Uh, speaking of wine, uh, Megan and I are sipping on, it is called Kill the Bottle, so what are we sipping on today? We're sipping on a wine from California called The Sum. Uh, 75 is the little number on the bottle. It's from 2017 by a guy named Tucker Beckstoffer. If you don't know the name Beckstoffer, uh, he is from an iconic family. Uh, His dad is Andy Beckstoffer, famous winemakers in Napa. And and Napa winemakers, I mean, they're like car designers. In other words, when you find that person who designed that iconic car, when you find that winemaker that made that iconic wine or has this track record of making iconic wines, anything that they make is just automatically becomes renowned. And, And the cool thing about this wine is that this guy... Tuck Beckstoffer, he makes wines that are, you know, in the $200 range, $150, $170 range. This wine runs for about $28 online. I've even seen it as low as $22. It's a cab blend, and it's got a nice, like, inky kind of dark. It's it's freaking delicious for having just opened it and it being a 2017 killer wine. Uh, And, you know, I I always try to think of it as like, look, okay, let's let's say Tuck here was a Ferrari designer. All right, well, you know, all of a sudden, Tuck gets hired to make a car for Fiat. So he's not going to have the same parts, the same engine that he can to make the Ferrari. That's why you have these wines that cost so much money because they're single vineyard wines and they don't have, they they can't yield as many grapes or whatever. But they give him the tools to make a Fiat, let's say. And now you're going to get this beautifully designed Fiat by one of the best car designers in the world. And that's what you get with uh, the Sum California red wine. Anyway, it's tasty, isn't it, Megan? It is tasty. Yeah, and I'm I'm I gotta give a shout out to uh, the Bardisono Hotel in Napa Valley because I just got back from Napa Valley. 
So if you follow me on Instagram and you're listening to this now, you'll know exactly when we recorded this, besides the fact that it's the day Prince died. Uh, this was a lovely bottle of wine that was in in my hotel room greeting me when I checked into the Bar de Sono. And I'm glad I gave myself a minute because I drank so much damn wine on that trip that I'm glad I just didn't open this bottle in the room because I would have never finished it. And I'm getting to enjoy it here with my home slice. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't either. <laughs> yeah. I already feel left the out. The fringe benefits. Yeah. You So you went up, and how long did you stay? I stayed six days in Napa Valley. Oh, my God. Yeah, six yeah six, six days in Napa Valley. Mm-hmm. It was kind of amazing. I think it's the most I've ever been in Napa. And, and uh, it's funny. It's, it's, it's this double-edged sword because I love Napa Valley. Uh, but when I go up to Napa Valley and I'm being brought up there by, like, a, a tourism board or a, a, somebody that I'm working with, they tend to maximize the amount of time that they have me doing shit for them. So needless to say, I was up at the crack of dawn and just – it is work. I love my job, but it, it was working, working, working. And uh, I, I think I had enough wine to drown a small village uh, over, over six days of time. I'm jealous. Jealous because you want to drown a small village or jealous because of the wine? Everything. Oh, okay. I was stuck in Van Nuys. That's going to be the name of my first album. Stuck in Van Nuys? That's a good <laughs> – that's a good name for an album. <laughs> it is. That's a, yeah. I'm I'm hopefully moving soon, but I have um I have a couple months left on my lease. This place is terrifying and awful. Well, okay, what's what's terrifying? If we were on a sitcom of Megan's life, what would be the the stuff that people would find terrifying yet laugh at um, <laughs> on the show? Me getting locked out at night and like. I don't know, jumping, having to like, you, you'll see me like climbing this huge brick wall. I'm scaling a brick brick wall and like falling over on the other side of it to get in to break into my apartment. Because they don't have the the board, to, the little buzz thing to get into an apartment building. It, it doesn't work. And their solution to that, we don't fix it because it keeps getting broken. What about keys? I lost my keys inside. Ah, okay. Got it. So uh, YP became a TP. What's that mean? Uh, your problem became a their problem. Yeah. Well, they should have a backup way to get into the building. Why don't you get one of those like faux rocks and put it outside with your, your key under it? Because my like... neighborhood is not safe. If someone finds that, they should put a faux rock. Why do I have to do it? It's a building full of all of us. It's just ghetto. It's the, Last night, there was a guy that was walking by with, um, it was like 10 o'clock at night and he had a stroller. And he then found another stroller and he was carrying two strollers. And I think he was having, he didn't want to carry two of them. So he tried to fold one of them. At first I thought it was like a legit dad, like having trouble folding a uh, stroller to put in his car or something. No, this is a homeless guy that completely like freaked out on the stroller for not folding. And started throwing it everywhere, yelling at it, smooshing it. Like he started like jumping on it to try to fold it, screaming at it. This is right outside my window. The, the, I have it on video. I'll show you. The funny part is that guy was probably happier than an actual dad who would have had a baby in that stroller. <laughs> That's probably the truth behind that uh, story. He left it. I, I came out the next morning and saw it. And I don't have parking, so I have to walk a really long ways to get into the building. I'm the only tenant in there that doesn't have parking. So you're... Okay, so your your apartment, if if your apartment building was a country, uh, your apartment is essentially the third world country of that apartment. Yeah, and no kitchen. 
No oh. kitchen. It's 450 square feet. And it's just, I'm ready to get out. I'm excited to get out. I didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. I am really excited to uh, bring my friend on the show this week. Our guest this week is my friend Marisa Daniela. Uh, you may find her on Instagram as Mima in Cuba. She's been seen, uh, well, she's been heard on NPR. She's been seen on CNN Travel, Wall Street Journal, Refinery29. Wow. Welcome to the show, my dear friend Marisa ¿Cómo estás? How are you, mommy? Gracias. Thank you. I am good. How are you guys? Uh, we're well. First of all, we're super happy to have you here, and I just love seeing Megan's face when I when I talk to you in Cuban Spanish. Uh, <laughs> it's the so don't no, no don't, idea don't, what's going on. No, no, she it's because you know it's like Cuban Spanish is very like mommy, mi cielo, like how mi cielo is like my sky, and it's a term of endearment. Oh, and it's like yeah. I, hey, mi cielo, hi, my sky, how are you? It's hi, just, mi cielo. Yeah. There you, there, oh, you, there you really, uh, you really enunciated that one, Did Megan. Did I do it? Yeah. yeah. If I just yeah, smile while you guys talk Spanish, <laughs> I wish we had this recorded. <laughs> you guys just go back and forth in Spanish, and oh. I'm on the video just like. We could totally go back and forth in Spanish, and I, I'm so happy I got to see Marisa uh, just a few weeks ago, and, and we'll get to that in just a moment, because she's got such an interesting uh, story, in, in my humble opinion. I, I crossed paths with Marisa because a friend of mine told me to check out uh, her Instagram. And uh, Marisa was in, you know, the motherland uh, for, for me and in Cuba, and she was sharing all this really compelling content about things that are happening on the island. And one thing that I loved about the way Marisa tells her stories is the fact that she has lived in the United States and has lived in Cuba, so she can kind of see things from both perspectives. My, I, so here's the best part. So right now I'm staring at Madi stare at herself doing her hair and, and I'm completely distracted. Uh, Madi, what are you drinking? Uh, well, I'm a, I am a little tipsy, but... <laughs> good. Uh, good. It's called kill the bottle. It's perfect. <laughs> As you should be. I had, I had a... What did I have? A beer before. Okay, <laughs> so, duh. I mean, that's, that's Cuban. what it is. Uh-huh. I can't remember. Definitely not Bucanero ni Cristal. Those are two Cuban beers that are killer. Okay, yeah. No, they're awful, but it's okay. Shh, I'm trying. Oh, yeah, I was trying to be nice. I like Bucanero. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like Cristal all that much, but I like Bucanero. Yeah, word. Me too. Uh, now I'm having Menage Trois because I thought that was appropriate because it's the three of us. That's that's very <laughs> appropriately inappropriate. That's so great. That's splendid. I love that, Mama. Uh, Mighty tell so where obviously you have a little you have a little bit of a of a of a of a Cuban accent when you speak English. Where where were you born? Um in Pinar del Rio is where I am from. Pinar del Rio. And then um I moved back to Cuba when I was twenty six years old. I stayed there for five years, and now here I am back in the States. So okay, most people are trying to leave Cuba. And, and especially yes. from my experience uh, growing up, at, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a fam- from a family that fled Cuba uh, in the early 60s, what compels somebody at 25 years old to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back, to, I'm going to move to Cuba? Um, basically, I, uh, it was a long story, but I was in between jobs and mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, can I say bad words here? That thing. I, was yeah. like, I was like, fuck it. I hate the corporate world. You know, like a asshole hipster. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to go see my family. I hadn't seen them in a long time. And then 
one thing led to another. I started an Instagram page and I just started uploading pictures of my family in Cuba. And for all the listeners that don't really understand Cuba, they don't really know anything about Cuba. Like, how do I explain this to you? I mean, Eddie, you know. Um, I've been there, yeah. Yeah. You know, before 2015, nobody really kind of knew what was happening in Cuba because there was no internet connection. There was no, like, anyone talking from the island. And when internet came in 2015, I jumped on it. I knew about Instagram. I started my Instagram. I started my blog. And so it kind of went off from there. And so that's kind of why people are so intrigued because for a long time, it was like this mysterious island. Like, what the fuck's going down down there, you know? And um, it was kind of like a North Korea-ish. I hate using that reference. Well, yeah, because it it is a little bit more extreme, I feel, than North Korea. I mean, you know, you don't ever see people smiling in North Korea unless they have a gun to their head forcing them to smile. And when they're like... Yeah. Like when they go to a park and all of a sudden they break out into the same dance or something. Yeah. It's like yeah. North Korea is like a giant flash mob um, yeah. of like <laughs> death consequences. So, yeah, you have to really get in line and dance with everybody. Um, exactly. Yeah. But Cuba's not like that extreme, but <clears throat> in the same sense where it's super mysterious and people just didn't know what was going on until 2015 when, and this was late 2015. So I'd say 2016. And, um, that's why people were intrigued. I I feel maybe I'm guessing that's why they were intrigued by my blog and, well, and everything like that. And I was speaking pretty, um, even though I had to be careful because Cuba is a socialist dictatorship where freedom of speech and freedom of um, expression is not allowed at all. Um, I had to be very careful, but I was saying it in a way where I think people were like, whoa, yo, she's in Cuba saying that shit. And so I think that resonated with some people. Well, I think that that helped connect me to you because, you know, one thing I I grew up in a city where everything in Cuba is bad. Not that my parents were like this, but that's just the general sense of conversation. And uh, yeah, there's obviously there uh, we're talking a social socialist dictatorship like that. That's some that's some scary shit. Uh, But one thing that you brought to the table was just a different set of eyes and a different perspective from somebody that lived in the United States and and was kind of sharing these these distinctions uh, uh, between the two countries. And and that is something that resonates with me to this day. I mean, I, I can tell you, I there's few times in my life where an image has made me has brought me to tears. Okay, and and I can tell you, ninety percent of that time, it's been an image of my childhood, my mom who's no longer with us, something like that, will will generate that kind of emotion. Your images on your Instagram, because I have this connection to that land that I never got to experience per se, I got to experience later in life, yes. resonate with me and have brought me that kind of emotion. Uh, and so- then the way you express those those situations, the uh, uh, the the life in Cuba has also resonated with me because one thing that I sometimes have felt as a son of, of Cuban Americans or son of, of Cuban refugees is a slight amount of guilt. I, I have felt guilt because I've been so privileged to to grow up in a place with freedom. And I I, I always try to support people that are Cuban, that that are, are, are trying to elevate whatever is Cuban, whether it's music, food. Uh, a blogger like yourself 
and 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 I've always carried a little bit of that guilt with me. And and I don't know you your 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 social media has helped me understand myself a little bit better as the Thank son of Cuban. No, it's, but it's the truth. And that's why I was so excited to finally get to talk to you because I think. You know, we are kill the bottle. We talk about food. We talk about wine and travel. But, you know, people love traveling to Cuba. There's this there's this kind of nostalgia, this nuance to it. Um, yeah. And I, I like that through your Instagram, you can kind of read between the lines of what's really going yeah. down. Yeah, I have to I have to write very cryptically at a basis, <laughs> which gets me into trouble on both sides of the 90 miles. It gets me into trouble. But, uh, yeah, that really means a lot to me. Um, you know, you aren't the first person who said that to me. And every time somebody says that to me, I just, it just, I don't know. I feel like crying because that's the whole point of what I do, what I do. And, you know, I've never, um, you know, monetized anything that I've done because I just wanted to make it pure and, um, you know, connect with the Cuban diaspora because you are Cuban too. Um, it's just because of unfortunate historical circumstances that you were not born on the island, but you are Cuban too. And so uh, when I get to connect with that, because there's such a lost history, there's such a lost, like, such a lost culture there. You know, it's sad that you guys were forced to to go to Miami and all that stuff. So I, I like to bring those two together. So thank you so much for saying that. Well, it's the truth, and and one of the things that I've I've captured through uh, through my experience talking to people who have traveled to Cuba, and you know, I I always feel like I'm going to shed some light on these comemiedas because yeah. people will travel. Comemiedas is a shit eater, Megan. Sorry, it's 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 our it's our equivalent of a dumb fuck. Uh, yeah. So you know, it's a dumbass. So so yeah. what happens is people. Why do you keep saying dumbass and looking at me? Stop. It's because of your beautiful eyes. It's because of your beautiful eyes, Megan. You racially profiling. Gosh. (laughs) And I just gave her a, you you like that compliment? Uh, So. (laughs) He's like. I'm like. Dumbass. "Ah." Dumbass. Uh, (laughs) So, so here's what happens to me. I get people that will be, because I, you know, because of what I do. Uh, people will come up to me and they'll find that I'm Cuban and they'll tell me they traveled to Cuba. And then, you know, I'll look at their Instagram and it's always somebody in a dress on, a, you know, trying to sit on the hood of some 1950s car and, you know, take a picture making looking very glamorous. And then they'll tell me, oh, but the food in Cuba sucks. And then I'm always compelled to tell them, like, you dumbass. Have, did you go into a, a, a supermarket in Cuba? Did you see what stuff costs? Did you see how hard it is for people to get food in this country do you understand that you get to eat things that the people in that country are are, can't afford to eat or in some circumstances it's illegal for them to eat certain things so it's not illegal to eat certain things uh from what i remember that there was illegal to sell lobster in places that i had gone to that's selling but you can still eat it oh got it so that that's the little the 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 loophole is, you know what? Somebody gave me this lobster, so I'm eating it. I just bought a yeah. hat from them for 50 bucks, but they gave me the lobster for free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, if you go into a restaurant and you order lobster, it's not illegal to order a lobster as a Cuban. You know what I mean? But it's illegal to sell it in the black market. You know what I mean? You get it yeah, sell. it's a clusterfuck is, is yeah. basically what it is. And I had some of the best lobster in Cuba, actually. Uh, in un paladar, which a paladar for those of you who don't know, actually, you know, I'm gonna, Marisa, you'll explain it better than I. What, what's a paladar? It's just a restaurant that's privately owned. Privately, yeah. Any restaurant that you would see here in the United States. 
Yeah, privately owned, except this one was at somebody's house, and they opened, like, they put tents on their rooftop, and we had a beautiful view of the ocean, and we were on somebody's rooftop having lobster, and it was amazing. But then it was divulged to me that in order for them to sell lobsters there, the food inspector that would come by, they would have to give him lobsters on the side so he wouldn't report them to the government. I really want lobster right now. Megan, you can have some lobster. You've said it like five times. You live in the United States. You can have all the lobster you want. We should take this to Red Lobster. We should take. This- oh, let's go to. Uh, hello, I love Red Lobster. Get some Cheddar Bay biscuits what? up in that shit. I've never been to Red Lobster. Well, you've never been to Red Lobster. Leave your hotel and go there right now. So, so this is funny that she says that she's never been to Red Lobster because uh, uh, one thing that Madi has been sharing on social media of late is her, 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 her man, her significant other, uh, yes. Joel. Yoel, as we would say uh, as a Cuban, just yeah. got to the United States for the first time. Wow. Yeah. And Mahdi has been sharing his his reactions to experiencing things for the first time, whether it's going to Home Depot, going to McDonald's, going to Chick-fil-A. And you don't understand because we take these things for granted living here in the United States. But if you grew up in Cuba, a Home Depot must be like the equivalent of looking into Fort Knox full of gold. To yeah. to a Cuban, so you got to take him to Red Lobster. He oh, he cried. Absolutely, he cried. Yeah, he cried. He cried. And I he cried watching him cry. Yeah, I, you know, being an immigrant in this country is hard in, it, in and of itself. But being from a country where you don't uh, like, there's no globalized products anywhere, and then all this, like, just just pretend, like, just imagine being from a country where there's nothing, 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 nothing. And you go into a store and to a like a, a Home Depot, a home improvement store. Yeah. You call them? Yeah, whatever. Home improvement a hardware store. store. Yeah. There's nothing on the shelves. Nothing. They have like maybe one thing here, one thing there, and they cost so much money. And then all of a sudden, that's your world. And then all of a sudden you come here and you go to a Home Depot and it's huge. I mean, like massive. And it has everything that you can possibly think about. So, yeah, he cried. For sure. He, he cried. <laughs> well, one thing Mari used to always share is she would go into stores in Cuba, like department stores in Cuba, and share yeah. the crazy prices in U.S. dollars yeah. and uh, kooks, Cuba, Cuban converted pesos, but whatever. The, the, the Cuban currency, which was almost – it was actually higher rate than the dollar or whatever at that time. Uh, yeah. You would share what stuff costs. And I remember you shared like a, a, like a little – I call, it's not even a garbage can. It was a trash receptacle. It was some <laughs> shitty little office mesh freaking garbage can that you put next to your computer that you toss a banana peel and you forget about and then there's fruit flies there like four weeks later and i remember it was something astronomical and i can't remember maybe you remember how much it cost it was okay well not for us but for a cuban i think it was like 11 dollars, which is just stupid for a cuban because a cuban at the time only made like 40 bucks a month so you would spend what 20 30 percent of your salary on a trash can it was just ridiculous. Yeah, but that was one of my most popular. I called them prices right, a la cubana, because nobody like nobody guessed the price of these things. One of my most, but to talk about an egregious example, an egregious example was when I found that Barbie doll from um, like it was it was in Elsa. What's that movie called? Frozen. Frozen. Mm-hmm. It was a frozen. I mean, Barbie I don't doll, know. Just a Barbie doll. Just the Barbie doll, and they were selling it for ninety dollars. Holy cow! 
a ninety dollar Barbie doll. A couple weeks ago, Yoel and I, I took him to Walmart for the first time, which he was like fucking blown away about Walmart. We saw Jesus, the Barbie yeah. doll in Walmart, and it was eight dollars in Walmart. So it's like. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It, yeah. $90. That Barbie doll better give blowjobs with it. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Is that too much? Did I go too right? far? No, that's a, that should be a special uh, Barbie me, doll. Excuse me, sir. Can, can you just do this in um, Spanish for me after I say I'm, this? Does this does this Barbie doll come with the blowjob? Or... <laughs> eh, pe, permiso, señor. Esta, este, este muñeco viene con... Oh, no. Oh, okay. No? Oh, okay. Let me so put that back no? on the shelf. Okay. All right. I'll that's just fine. put that back on yeah, the shelf. Yeah, I'm not going to buy that. That's okay. Uh, Keep it. Mighty, can you do me a favor? Uh, so, Megan has never been to Cuba. And, yeah. I mean, Megan is is blonde. Megan has light eyes. If she, I, I already know if she was walking through Havana right now, especially yeah. like riding it in the port in La Habana Vieja, like right, right, right by there, there would be gentle, gentlemen, I guess, there would be Kuichis. That would be saying things to her. Can you can you educate her on on some of the things that the guys in Cuba might say? Because obviously, you know. You want me to get Joel in here to say some of the fatal? <laughs> oh, please! If you could bring Joel in here to to tell me some lovely things about my my Megan Elizabeth right here, yes, please. And... Because Joel has got to enlighten. Because there's there's a thing at Guanel that people don't understand, and I know Joel. I've I've heard his voice. He's <laughs> he's gifted. Okay. Please. Hey. Oh my goodness. Soy alcohólica. Y bueno, ¿y qué pasa que soy alcohólica? So what am I alcoholic? What? Aquí. Come here. How do you say? Ven aquí. Ven aquí. Ven aquí. Okay. So they want to know. Oye, macho. Hi. Oye, mamá mía, te perdió. Oh. All right. Yo comentando la amiga mía aquí. Oh, cool, man! Yeah, I, I took them to the pecking room, my little my little home bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were actually my first guests in my home bar. Mm. Uh, <laughs> they were. Thank you. They were okay. So please, uh, Mari, ask Joel. Um, <laughs> Dios santo. <laughs> He says, oh my God. <laughs> mira, mira. Si tú eres jinetero. Sí, mira, pero el jinetero no hace el piropo como el cubano. Sí, pero, okay, just do a, just do a piropo. Just well, do a piropo. What's a piropo, Mari, please, en, enlighten oh, us. A piropo is like, um... Catcalling? It's like, it's like catcalling, but it's like a line you tell to a girl. Yeah. That's cat calling. Yeah, it's Tell cat calling. we can't get offended. We, can, we won't be offended. Say whatever you want. Yeah, say whatever you want. It's We're the, not going to get offended. It's the most action yeah, I got in a year. Yeah, she's had no action in a year, so please. When you have a good body, it's a big booty, you know, um, pompey. You say, good. No, dilo en español. Mi niña, ¿de dónde tú traes tanta carne? Aquí te autorizan a andar así con toda esa carne atrás. Y generalmente dice, la policía te puede multar. Y entonces, porque tiene bastante cuerpo, carne, ¿me entiendes? Algo así. No, pero tú ves en una... Cu- ponte, ¿cómo pa- Ponte... Ricky, 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 Ricky. Ricky, 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 Ricky. Dale, ponte... Vamos, vamos, oye. Oye, de chica. Que los, que los turistas no lo igual que una cubana. Ok, dale. Rubia, eh, estás deliciosa, vamos a verte. Y te hago con salsita. 
para la casa. Ay, mi mamá, papita frita ahí, tú y yo. Busted. What did he say? Tú caminando, la ves caminando y dice, la espera así, le dice, te estoy esperando para casarnos, vamos. You see her walking, he's like, I'm waiting for you to marry me. Oh, see, that's cute. You guys are making it sound dirty. What did he say before? Well, he said before, like, your meats. You know, what did he he's say? like, what are you doing with so much meat behind you? The police could jump on you for all that meat. I ate too much. <laughs> oh, I know. She had too much red lobster. Too much. <laughs> what does it say? You're you're ready for sex. I know you are. <laughs> I am. God damn it! You're hot. You're hot. Yes, you say you say that. You're hot. You're hot. You're hot. You're what happened to you? Is is the the girl say what? What? The chica dice que pasa y se me. Yo no creo que los ángeles to Cuba. Oh, Jesus oh, got it. Okay. Christ. Well, I just wanted Daddy. to be clear. <laughs> I just Bye. needed to clarify. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Un abrazo de. Thank nice you, Ed. Nice to meet you. Un abrazo. Mari's taking you to Red Lobster. All right. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yo, don't tell him that. I'm a broke ass bitch. What does it mean to be from Colorado, Eddie? I don't know. Do, do they yodel? Do you yodel in Colorado? Yo. Uh, but Megan actually has a lovely voice, so... You're welcome. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah, she was normally nice. charges for that. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's smoking. I think smoking's made my voice all... I, I feel like that's what Coloradans do. Like, they yodel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they just yodel, yodel with good weed. You are right. That's the way I, I picture them. Mm-hmm. You yodel, drive a Subaru, and hike. Yes. I didn't do that stuff, but normal Colorado people do. Yep. Whatever. I ran away. I ran fast to the uh, West Coast. LA. Fast, but you made it. I made it. You've made it <laughs> eventually. And soon you'll make it into an apartment with a refrigerator. Oh, my God. I know. I can't imagine. It's almost like Megan lives in Cuba, but in Van Nuys. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> It, it no really kitchen. almost is because what? So let, descri- hold on. Describe your apartment to Marisa because maybe Marisa will... Let, actually, let's find out. Who's, <laughs> whose home uh, had more amenities? Your home in Cuba or... New or, game. Or Megan's, uh, <laughs> Megan's apartment here in Van Nuys, please. All right. Did you have parking? Yes. Oh, she's winning already. <laughs> she's winning already. Okay. Did you have Yeah. Did you have a stove? Yes. Did you have an oven? That didn't work, no. Okay. okay. Did you have a fridge? Yes. Oh. <laughs> what, what Megan, you live in the United States of fucking America. <laughs> That's saying something. Megan. <laughs> Megan. <laughs> 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 
I know. I know. I, I just, I ran here and didn't, they just offered me, it's like, it's 11, uh, 1,145 a month. And wow. yeah. And they let me have my dog for free. And it was oh. the only place I could, I didn't see it before I got here. I just got here and I had to get a cheap place because I was, I owned a home back home that I was trying to sell. And I didn't want to pay for two places, Uh, but but I sold my home within like three days of being out here and was like, what the fuck? Megan, Megan, at least it has to give you a toilet. Did I have a toilet? Mm, I do have a toilet. Okay. Did you have a toilet? Yeah. Oh, good. (laughs) I thought you were going to win. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) Come on over to Cuba, girl. I I know. Survive. I think she could like totally survive in Cuba. You're telling me that you had a a stove and a fridge and guys that would cat call you on the street. This is my fucking dream. That's my yeah, dream. You know what? I'm moving to Cuba. Where where dreams are made of. Yeah, I don't Um, need to speak my mind. No, you don't need to speak your mind, Megan. (laughs) Absolutely not. Need to eat food. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. Muddy. What? You know what's funny? Because I uh, I think there's there's this huge. Well, I'll, actually, I'll, I'll let you answer. What do you think is the biggest misconception uh, for for travel to Cuba for Americans? That you can't go. Okay. Got it. That's totally BS. All you do is you show up to the airport, you give them your money, you check a box on a paper. like a pa- it's not Hold on. Different. What does that mean, get, at the air- get to the airport and give them your money? Because at the end of the day, how much money have I g- am I giving them? Well, it depends on the airline, but you just pay for the visas. Okay, like, so I, I'm I'm in, I don't know, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and let's say JetBlue flies to Havana from Charlotte. Yeah. I, I don't know if they do or not, but I book my ticket to Havana. What what yeah. do I do next? Because I don't speak Spanish, A. Um, B, I don't speak Spanish. And uh, okay. C, I don't speak Cuban Spanish. So okay. what, what do I do next? You literally go to the airport, mm-hmm. Eddie. Yeah. You tell them I'm going to separate the Cuban people. <laughs> you say, right? Well, they would or, say it with a southern accent in North Carolina, but yes, okay. You you just know. described an LA girl. She's doing her southern accent. Yeah, say okay. it again. Yeah, what is it? To support the Cuban people. There you go. I like it. That was good. That was perfect. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh you just pay the fee depending on the airline It's between 50 and 100 and 100 dollars. And that's it. That's it's so easy. Okay, so what box do you not check? Because, you know, I can automatically see it. There's like a trick question there when you get to the airport. Like, there's these three boxes. Why are you here? Probably, uh, like, not international press. That's a good idea, yeah. But yeah, don't or, ever say you're part of the media and go to Cuba. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or, like, religious. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, that's fair. And what what is a, let's say I'm an, I'm an American traveler, okay, and I am, quote, unquote, Trying to educate myself a little bit, I'm I'm well aware or somewhat aware that uh, uh, I don't want to contribute to, let's say, the finances of the Cuban government. Yes. What? It, and I mean, regardless, you're gonna they're gonna make some money somehow, right? What is the most, I say, efficient way for a U.S. traveler to go to Cuba and know that most of the money that they're spending is going towards the people and not the, you know, the the socialist dictatorship? Yeah, it's definitely stay away from hotels because um, those are half owned by the military in Cuba. So Even like I a would... Spanish brand like Amelia or one of the... Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, so I would... 
just stick to Airbnb. And then for all your transportation, you just hire a driver. Um, most of the times in a classic car, which the Americans die over. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So what you don't realize about the classic cars is that you're going to die of heat and humidity inside that classic car. Uh, because no. so, for, uh, Some of them have air conditioning. Not many. Some of them yeah. do. That's true. Uh, I was in this beautiful uh, Plymouth convertible when I was there the first time. And I was there on a, on a work trip and, and my client wanted to have that like nostalgic Cuba experience. And I pulled every string that I knew. This was before I met you, Mari. Uh, I pulled every string that I knew of hookups in Cuba. And we got this beautiful car. It was one of the, I guess, one of the nicest cars, let's just say, in the, in the car clubs of Havana was this particular vehicle. And we took the trip to my dad's neighborhood in La Habana Vieja which is, you know, it's kind of ghetto. Uh, if you're from the States and you go over there, you're like, this is kind of ghetto. And 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 the funny part, and this is the beautiful part of it too, but the irony of it is this beautiful car from the 1950s, dude, that shit just stopped. It just, it was, it was hotter. It was, it, it felt like the surface of the sun in humidity and the car yeah. just stopped. And we were in one of the nicest cars in Alana. Uh, and well, the nicest non-government owned Mercedes Benzes that you see the like government people driving around in. That's a different yeah. story. Um, and, so and, common, and so that went down. But then the, the beautiful part was it was that my driver was like, oye, compañero. And they were just calling their people and people just like here in the United States, nobody would fucking help you. They'll be like, yeah, fuck off. And they'll leave. Uh, people there were just like, all right, bro, let's push start the car. Let's get this shit going. What's going on? They lifted up the hood. Like everybody just came over, helped, and we were on the road in two seconds. But I learned from that trip because the next time I went to Cuba, uh, we hired a dude with a Nissan with air conditioning because that's all we gave a shit about. <laughs> we, we gave we gave up on that nostalgic 1950s. We'll leave that for the like the white chicks and sundresses. So you're telling me now that I can get a toilet an oven, a fridge, cat calling, and people to help me out with my car? All yes. in Cuba. Yeah. Megan, I mean, we're really selling. Uh, <laughs> do they give no. US, Do they give passport dual citizenship to uh, and, uh, the girls from Colorado? <laughs> and apparently there's cigars in Cuba, right? Yeah. They are, but I still think the cigars now, to, to, to this point in time, they're probably better in other places than they are in Cuba because I, I feel it's a bit diluted. Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, they can't produce what they produced uh, you know, X amount of years ago that gave them the fame. I don't say they're bad, but man, I've had some cigars made by uh, uh, what, what would have been Cuban manufacturers that ended up moving manufacturing to like Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. And I'm telling you, in my opinion, there's some of the they're they're the best cigars when you're yeah. looking for quality now. Absolutely. You just can't say that they're from Cuba, you know, which people love to say. The Cuba has a fame. But um, they're not that. I mean, they're not the best. <laughs> they're not the best. I will say, I do like, I do like my rum. I do like my Cuban rum, though. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, Eddie, I have a bottle for you. What, hold on. This is a. Oh, I'm, I'm. Please enlighten me. What, what, what do you have for me for my bar for the pecking room? What do I have? I think I have a bottle at home. The Guayabita. The the Guayabita Pinad. Yeah. Oh, for you. Shit. Oh, I'm so excited about that. Uh, so, Do I need to get inside too? Uh, I'll let you. Oh, shit! So, but it's so funny because Guayabita de Pinan is, it, it's Super not. Exp- rare. Huh? 
super rare. Super rare here, and it's not like it's not crazy expensive. And I, I have a funny story about it because oh, it's not expensive at all. It's from Peñal de Rio, and it has these little mini uh, guayabas in them. So when you see the bottle, it has these little tiny guavas. Uh, fruits in in inside the bottle, and I want to say it's a, it's a distilled. It's almost like a rum. It really is. Yeah, it's but it's made from guayaba. Yeah, it's and, not rum, but I don't know how you would. No, it's a distilled spirit, and it, it's made from guayaba, and it has this kind of an essence of guayaba to it. And it might just you know, like when you smell it, it has like this uh, this yeah. kind of guava thing to it. But it's like dirt cheap. But my my grandmother, God rest her soul. She went to Cuba and she brought me two bottles of Guayabita Pinad, and I have like yeah. I have like a third of a bottle left that I've been holding on to forever. So I'm so excited that I have some some new uh, Guayabita yeah. coming. It's extremely and, rare because they're not making it anymore. Oh, uh, I'm so excited! Thank you. Uh, so I'm in the car in Miami in, in my friend's car, and I'm so excited. I have the two bottles on the seat with me, and I am like ready. These are coming back with me to LA. My abuelita brought me two bottles of Guayabita Pinad. I am so happy. I will share that with my like few Cuichis that come to visit. Megan's going to look at herself uh, uh, right now on camera. She's ready for the Cuban cat calling. Um, and you can't see my face. No, you can't. But Megan just all of a sudden launched herself into the Zoom call and she's staring at herself. Uh, and in typical Miami driving, I'm driving down Bird Road in Miami and some fucking sapingo cuts me off in Miami driving. Ooh, I had angry. to slam on the brakes. And those two bottles of Guadalupe Pinad flew across the no. car and exploded inside no. the car. But no. what I'm telling you, it exploded. Like, it, it was a, a mushroom cloud of guayabita sh- fucking going all over the car. And I'm in, my, I'm in my friend's wife's car. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Her car smells like booze. I lost the two bottles of guayabita Pinad. And I found the most, like, happy people in Miami, which is not normal. But I found the most happy people in Miami that, like, detailed the fucking car and got rid of all the booze smell. Uh, but I'm still brokenhearted that the guayabitas are gone. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. So thank you, Mari. For, and you're reminding me of how sad I got when I lost those two bottles of booze, which Megan would have totally just, you would have sucked the carpet. Pract- I would have. Whatever. I would have drank, like, yeah, I would have. <laughs> There's no wasting booze in my life. Uh, uh, I mean, hello. I'm your favorite person because I always bring you booze, Megan. I know. I just know. I, I was thinking while we were doing this, for people at home that can't see, but we're on Zoom and in this, this lighting's terrible in here. Hence why we don't have a camera crew in here. She's looking at us. I just look like I'm sitting here like this the whole time. Well, like, I just look like a forehead. That's all you see. Yeah. That's all yeah. You know what? I can't see you. Exactly. Megan, Megan T music at gmail.com. Oh, you can't see it. Me. You can't. Can you see me now? I know. I can see you, okay. but it's very, like, like, very tiny. You need to change your view. Yeah. You, can, I, I you look, can change your view. I look fucking good. Get on there. I look good. Megan's hair is on fleek. <laughs> I look good today. She has a dog mama sweatshirt. I told her it's pretty awesome. I want a dog there should papa. Be something that says like gallery view or. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Damn. I feel like a. You know what it is? Give you a little menage a trois and Madi just loses her shit. That's the. Whatever that you know what's funny is Menage a Trois is a winery in Napa and I drove by it when I was when I was there last week and I'm like, what the fuck do you serve in here? Menage a Trois Love winery. Love and semen. Love and <laughs> semen. Is it too much? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good, though. <laughs> the semen or the love? 
Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know. No, I Menage a Trois is a very um, popular wine in, in Colorado nice restaurants. Like you, you can well, get, no, it's like not Bonefish a, Grill has that as their like main. Well, it's not a bad wine. It's just funny, but like when you when you go to Napa Valley and you see Menage a Trois, you're like, why the fuck did I fly to San Francisco? Why did I drive an hour north to have something that I can have in in like the hometown restaurant? But. One thing I discover is like a lot of these places will have wines that they don't they, they don't distribute and you can only get at the winery. So I haven't been to Menage a Trois yet, so I don't want to shit on them. I want to try some of that stuff. I this reminds me. I think I want to start a oh what you what you said this shit's good. I want to start a <laughs> wine company that's like completely inappropriate names, like um, I want a glass so people have to say it. Like I want a glass of like Dick Balls, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Like I want I want inappropriate name. Wine vineyard. That's my new goal. Well, the stank nuts. Can I have a? But I want the flagship wine to be called stank nuts. Stank nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Or because like, I want the two. I want you to pay two hundred dollars for stank oh, nuts. Oh yeah. I want my dad yeah. to like go to a restaurant and order like tits McGee, like the wine. Hold on, but he'll start with a fireball, oh, and then he'll order his tits <laughs> McGee. My dad's so, in the fireball. Yeah, and and I'm a little bit of, I'm a little bit mad at Megan because Megan keeps on telling me that we're gonna try this uh, uh this fabled fireball. Um, <laughs> But I am yet in in my adult life or my non adult life ha- have had the the I call it, it's an opportunity. I think I have yeah. not had the opportunity of trying Fireball yet uh, because I have some dignity. But I'm re- I'm really I'm I'm ready to relinquish some of that dignity. Mari, do you fireball. have a Fireball story? Do you taste uh, it? No, I don't. But I remember when I was sixteen. What Eddie? Like, how <laughs> not hold on, wait, wait, wireball. when you were sixteen and you eat and you yeah, drink like, Fireball. That's 16 years old. You're like drinking Fireball. I don't know. So first of all, Whatever. Fireball didn't exist when I was 16. I'm let's let's let me, let me you know I'm 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 a little bit of an no. I'm just older than you, and Fireball did not exist when I was 16. I'll put money on that. No, we, I was drinking like MD 2020. That's what we were drinking. Uh, uh, Boone's wine is the mm. stuff we were drinking. Oh, oh yeah, God. we were drinking Zimas. Colt 45 in college. Oh, I drank Colt 45. Absolutely. The finest of malt liquors. Colt 45. What about Cobras? I drank King 40s? Cobra. Yeah, absolutely. And wow. Billy D. Williams, was, who's Lando Calrissian from Star Wars, he was the spokesperson for Colt 45. And he had the best commercial because he would just go, Colt 45. And he had that Billy D. Williams voice. And you just wanted to drink Colt 45. Did you guys ever play Edward's 40 Hands? <laughs> no. You did this is a real fucking thing and I did this and I should be dead. But you what you do is you tape t- two forties to you duct tape them to your hands at a party and you can't take them off until you drink both of them. And it's <laughs> called Edward Forty Hands. <laughs> Uh, any anybody listening? If you have a photo of your Edwards Forty Hands oh, experience, there has to be. Please send it to at Kill the Bottle Podcast on Google Instagram. It. Like, so please, like, send it to us. We'll feature you. Uh, I think Megan. Maddie, next- when you come out, we should go to his bar and we should play yeah. Edward Forty Hands. Absolutely, we should play Edward Forty Hands. Marty, I, I, I'm so excited that you came on. Uh, I I'm I'm so proud of you. We're, we're 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 saying goodbye now. I'm gonna say goodbye now, and then we can keep talking. But that way, I have something saying goodbye. Um, <laughs> I am so excited that you came on because first of all, I love you as a human being. Second of all, I think you have such a wonderful story to tell, and uh, I find so many folks that don't 
Uh, there's so many things they don't know, and they didn't know they didn't know about about Cuba and that experience. And and you are the gatekeeper of that kind of information, and and you really make it unintimidating for folks to check out. So, if you ever wanted to learn about travel to Cuba, please uh, check out Mima in Cuba on Instagram. Um, go to uh, marimundo.com, her her blog, and then if you want to see the experiences that she is sharing with her her man meat Yoel, um, and man meat you like that uh please also go there too because she's sharing and you have a youtube channel too don't you mari i do it's mari annual spell that out because i can already imagine people fucking up and somebody that's mari and joel like it's actually i changed it because okay it's yoel with a y y o e l and mari m a r i Okay, you and Mari on YouTube, and and there, what what do you share on that? Because I, I I love it. Well, we share just like the immigrant experience. I share why um, why we had to move from Cuba all the way to his first experience in a supermarket, which is one of my most popular videos. Uh, yeah, and everything in between the hard. You know the, the the transition from coming from a socialist from communism to capitalism. Right on. Well, Marty, thank you so much for being here, uh, guys. Thank you for listening to Kill the Bottle. Please like, subscribe. Uh, please hit on Megan, catcaller. Ah, um, review us. Review us. You know, review there's this little us. thing Leave that says number. five stars. Yeah, send your number to Megan, please. <laughs> um, you have a stove and parking. I know. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, if that guy does, you're right. That's exactly what I need. Yeah. Oh my. That's actually my minimum. Like that's it. Actually, that's all I need. Um. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. As as I always say, uh, the only thing we don't get back in life is time. I thank you, Marty, for spending some of your precious time that you won't get back here with us. And I thank you, folks at home, for spending some of your precious time here listening to Kill the Bottle. See you next week. Bye.